You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hello, you're joining me for episode 159 of the Blended Family Podcast. I hope everyone is well and that your families are well. It seems the U.S. right now has one of the worst flu outbreaks in history, and there are lots of reported deaths. There also have been reports that many people who have died have had the flu shot, so everyone is at risk, so please be super careful. I know I've been on my kids about washing their hands, but you know how kids are, and they're always chewing their fingernails, too. You know Sean and I are cleaning homes every day, so it's scary for us, and not everyone lets us know that they've been sick. And I have not at all been on track with my clean diet or exercise, so I am planning on stepping it up next week. Anything you can do to keep your body healthy is good. We've also been trying to eat out less because, well, every time you go out, you're at risk of picking up anything. So stay healthy, everyone. Lots of hand sanitizer, and avoid big crowds until this thing gets under control. I want to thank those of you who are personally adding people that you know to the Facebook group. When you do that, I will still need to give them approval, but for those, I always do since someone added them. Just a note for you, all members should be part of a blended family and should have an active and authentic Facebook page. I am trying as best I can to keep out the trolls as well as vindictive exes and family members who are just trying to get in to snoop around. Any fake profile will not be allowed. I do understand that some of you are creating those for anonymity, but I unfortunately can't allow it because I cannot prove you're real as well as I need everyone to feel as safe as possible in the group. If anyone in there wants to post anonymously, that's totally fine. You can just email me or message me your question and I'll post it for you. Okay, so let's get right into the topic today. I want to talk to you about depression and anxiety in our children. I've probably spoken about this topic before in other shows. I don't think I did an entire episode on it, though. And regardless, this is a topic that probably should be revisited every year. It seems that the percentage of people suffering from depression and anxiety-related issues is always on the rise, and that is for children as well as adults. It's not going away, and I'm concerned for our young people. I've been open with you about my own children and their struggles. None of them have been diagnosed with clinical depression, nor do I think they have it, but they do have their bouts of depression. Three of them do, three out of the four. And those same three also suffer from anxiety. The thing is, it's really hard to tell with kids, right? They're so full of angst as it is, and every little problem they have causes them great anxiety. And that, I should say, I'm talking about teenagers mostly with the, with the angst. They get depressed when things don't go their way. And as a parent, it's really scary because we don't know how far we can let things go. We don't know what's normal or not. Sometimes I try to think back and remember my own childhood, especially the teenage years. I do that often to remind myself that what I'm seeing is normal. 
I remember being depressed sometimes as a teenager, and I was always a very anxious kid. Although I still believe that when we were younger, we were able to handle things better. But then is that really true? Or are the kids of today's world just being faced with much more than we ever had to deal with? Now, let me clarify that because in a lot of ways, I think kids today have things easier than we did. We were working from a younger age. We had more responsibilities and school was a lot more structured and strict. I know that different parts of the world raise kids differently as well as educate differently. So I'm just going by what I see with my own kids and those around me and what I see going on here in the U.S. I know that it's different around the world. But I'm saying that because many places around here won't hire kids under 18, the schools are lax with assignments and consequences, and I see a lot of very entitled kids. Yet, their lives are much more difficult than ours in other ways. We know that social media has taken over the lives of young adults, and it's not easy to be immersed in that on a daily basis, where they look to others for approval. There's so much technology around that the times of a simple life are gone. It's constant rushing around and getting to places, whereas when we were young, there was a lot less going on. And to top that off, lots and lots of blended families, which we know is hard, not just for us, but for them too. So it's a different world. And as much as I think my kids have it way better than I did, I still wouldn't want to be a kid in today's world. And I think we tend to overlook that a lot of the time. It's so easy to diminish their problems when we look at them in comparison to our problems. But maybe we need to look at their problems through their eyes, the eyes of a child or teenager, to see and understand that their problems, although are small to us, are really big to them. What are the issues that cause depression and anxiety in kids today? Let's just run through some of them. Obviously, age plays a role here as elementary kids are facing very different issues than middle school and even high school kids. Bullying. Bullying is a huge problem nowadays, and many schools are really cracking down, which is great, but it's never going to stop. You've heard the stories about kids committing suicide over bullying. Even though as adults, we know that school drama doesn't matter when we get older. They don't see it that way. To them, school is everything. Popularity is everything. And it starts young with teasing and name calling, but as middle school hits, it gets worse. I think middle school is actually the worst time ever for kids. With all of them hitting puberty and going through so many changes, it's inevitable. But the anxiety and depression that bullying causes is very real and very serious. If you have a child who's being bullied, I recommend you contact the school to see what their procedures are, as well as save anything and everything on social media that you might need to show later on. If your own child is the bully, please get them the help they need also. The bullies are often hurting inside in their own way. That's why they're doing it. I already talked about social media. It causes a lot of anxiety. These children are placing their self-worth on the opinions of others. And people on social media can be so mean. Even adults, even adults, not just kids. Kids are worse, though. 
but even just the way the kids put value on themselves based on how many likes they get on a photo, who liked them, who didn't, who commented and who didn't, who wouldn't have anxiety under those circumstances. I think it's so important, especially for our daughters, to understand about how social media works and to teach them to never use it to boost their self-esteem or to think that it has any bearing at all on their self-worth. And I'll be doing a show on social media in the near future, so we'll talk more about it then. Problems with friends, that can cause depression or anxiety in kids. And we all know how much drama goes on, especially in middle school. Our youngest is almost done, and I can't tell you how happy I am to get past that stage. I have, what, like four months to go. Every child we have has had a difficult time in middle school with friends. It's out of control. And then there's family problems. All families have their own issues, but kids of blended families can struggle more. Divorce is hard for kids to understand and even harder to deal with. They might have parents who are fighting, parents who are putting them in the middle. It happens every day. Sometimes a move from a divorce can cause depression, and more so if that move is to a new area or a new school. They might not like their new step-parent or new step-siblings. Having to suddenly split time between parents can be upsetting. Divorce and blended families are a big cause of depression and anxiety for so many reasons, and I think mostly because kids don't feel that they have a say or a choice in what's happening around them. And those are just some reasons why your child might be feeling depressed or anxious. But let's not forget that sometimes there doesn't have to be a reason at all. Sometimes people can be clinically depressed and it's a chemical thing, it could be genetic. That is the one that concerns me the most when there's not a reason for it. We know that when kids get depressed over something, they usually get over it. It passes. It's like that with us too as adults. A divorce can cause depression in us, but that doesn't mean we stay there. It can be a passing thing. But when there is a depression that won't lift and it's not caused by something upsetting, that's when we really need to look closer because there's something more serious going on. And I also wanna point out again, that depression is a word that we use very loosely these days. If a child doesn't get their way and they seem really down because of it, that doesn't mean they're depressed. That is more a moment of depression. And moments of depression are normal and expected, especially in teens, and it doesn't mean you need to be on high alert. Okay, so you're looking for extended periods of time that they exhibit signs of depression or where signs of depression come often when there's no specific reason for it. I wanna talk about the signs of depression in kids because it can look different than the signs we show as adults. Some of the things you're gonna see are the same, but some things you're not gonna know. Aside from the fact that as an adult, we can recognize most of the time that we're depressed. We're adults, we know, we understand what it is, and we can verbalize it. Kids don't always know. They don't know that they're depressed. They don't always have a label for it, especially when they're young. So some of the signs you might wanna look for in your own kids are changes in appetite, changes in sleep patterns, not wanting to go to school, not wanting to socialize, losing interest in something that once was enjoyable like a sport or hobby, anger or irritability. That's important because it's overlooked. Lots of times anger is really just depression. 
inability to concentrate or focus, excessive tiredness or loss of energy, headaches or stomach aches that won't go away, excessive crying or tantrums, mood swings, low self-esteem, and of course the obvious thoughts of death or suicide. I'll add with anxiety, you might find a child who just worries excessively about everything. If you find that your child is exhibiting any of the signs that I mentioned, and you think that they might be depressed, you definitely want to get them the help that they need. And depending on how severe the depression or anxiety is, there may be a little or a lot required. The first thing I recommend is to talk to them. Of course, you're going to say that is an obvious solution, but you'd be surprised as to how many parents don't talk to their kids or don't really talk to their kids. And sometimes it's the kids who don't want to talk at all. Our youngest is like that. When she's upset, she refuses to talk about it, which is always concerning to me, but that's her method. I used to try to bribe her to tell me what was wrong. I always try. But the trick of it is, which I've learned over the years, is not trying to have a discussion when they're already in a bad way. It's more about opening up discussions when things are good. Trying to connect with them on a daily basis, even about the mundane. If you can establish a really good open communication with them, then when issues come up, they'll be more eager to share with you. You'll have that trust. You'll have that communication that you're doing on a regular basis so it won't feel awkward or weird to them. And even if they don't talk to you, perhaps they can talk with someone else, an older sibling, a step-parent, grandparent, anyone. Just get them talking if you can, but don't push. Sometimes, sometimes it's best to just let them know that you'll be there and ready, give them their space, and hopefully they'll come talk to you when they're ready. If your child would be receptive to journaling, it's a great way for them to release some of their feelings and emotions. Not all kids enjoy this, but it does really help if you do have a child that likes to write. Also, something else I've shared here for you to try in the past is, is have a special journal that goes back and forth between you and your child. And that really helps when kids can't speak openly to their parent out of shame or embarrassment. They can use the notebook to talk to you without having to face you. So basically, they write something in the notebook, leave it for you, you take it, write something back to them, leave it on their bed the next day, and just write it back and forth. You don't have to actually verbalize. Next, encourage your child to move, meaning get them exercising, get them outdoors, walking in nature, take them to the beach. Exercise is one of the most natural antidepressants out there, but people don't do it because they hate it. For kids, don't call it exercise. Just go out and do something fun that you know is going to exercise them at the same time. It releases all kinds of endorphins and feel-good chemicals into the body. Clean up the diet. This one is huge, but again, people don't realize it. Kids these days eat garbage food. My kids too, so I'm not judging. It's kind of impossible to stop it, especially in a blended family. We can't control the food that's served at the other parent's home. This is a problem, but it is what it is. There's not much you can do about that. So as much as possible, feed them a clean diet. I know that they're going to go to school and they're going to go out with friends and they're going to eat whatever they want. But when they're in your care, do what you can 
to eliminate processed foods and sugar. You'll never be able to eliminate it completely, but if you try to at least cut it down as much as you can. Fast food and packaged foods are easy. Um, it's just easy to, to have. I mean, we're working, everyone's working, we don't have time. So it's just easy to run through McDonald's. It's easy to just get something out from the freezer. It, we're living in a, a fast-paced world, but those meals are full of chemicals and toxins. And I truly believe that those foods can cause hormonal imbalances as well as many other emotional and physical issues in the body. I'm not saying that it causes depression outright, but I think it definitely contributes to it. And it isn't going to help a child who is already depressed. So if you need more information on clean eating diet, just Google clean eating. It is more simple than you think, and it makes a huge difference for everybody. Now, if none of those ideas help, you need to get to the cause of the problem. For instance, if your child is depressed due to bullying at school, then that is something that can be addressed. But sometimes we don't know the cause of the depression. In those cases, I highly recommend therapy. There could be an underlying issue that your child isn't even aware of. Maybe something from the past, something buried. And if it is clinical depression, they need medical attention so that they can work towards feeling better I'm not ever one to push medication, not ever, but in some cases it's necessary. I would say first, you need to exhaust every other option out there. As a last resort, if you can't get it under control, you might need to medicate. You definitely do not want to ignore what's going on. I know that it's hard and I know that it's painful to see your child hurting, but left untreated, they're going to suffer as adults. Suicide is not something that any of us want to think about, but it is real. And a child doesn't have to be clinically depressed to commit suicide. They aren't always rational as teenagers, so they could choose to end their life over something like being bullied. They can't comprehend that their childhood is such a small portion of their life and that high school is really insignificant later on when they become an adult. They don't see that. Right now they see that the world they're living in and the school and everything is just everything. They can't see out of that picture. They can't realize that things are going to get better later on. So let me share the suicide hotline again. Um, and this is for here in the States. And it is something that you do need to share with your kids. Don't think, well, they're okay. They don't need it. They can be hiding their feelings or they might have a friend that's in need. So you need to talk to them too so that they can help their friends. I, my, my daughter had a friend that was depressed and calling her up and telling her that she wanted to kill herself. And my daughter didn't know how to handle that situation at all. So it's good for your kids to have the number, okay? The number is, and you can post this on the fridge in your house. It is 1-800-273-8255. Again, it is 1-800-273-8255. 273-8255. That is the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The website for them is www.suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And I will add that link in the show notes for you as well as that phone number. Now, I know that some of you are located in other countries. If you would like to provide me the numbers, uh, suicide hotlines for your areas, um, you can email those to me. And I will go ahead and add those to the show notes as well. 
Okay, so that is what I have for you today. I know that it's a heavy topic. We don't like to talk about it, but it's also a topic that we can't ignore as parents. Our children are the most important things in our lives and we need to keep them safe. Feedback, questions, or topic ideas can be sent to Melissa at Blended Family Podcast. Thank you for listening and please have a great week, everyone. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.